Hello, my name is Shoti. Today we're gonna continue on uh, Dharma talk. Um, before I go any further into the uh, other part of the first noble truth that has to do with the mind, I want to cover something else that is uh, very important also before we go to the, that other part. Okay, I like to talk about the three important principles, very important concept in Buddha's teaching. The, the three principles that we need to cover is Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta, which translate to Anicca is permanent, I mean impermanence, Dukkha, which we all know, suffering, and Anatta, which is non-self or no-self, depending on um, different group, how they want to say, say or, or call it. So, yes, that's the three important principles in Buddha's teaching. So this, this is the Dharma that the Buddha has um, expounded on quite often, quite frequently during his time. So it's very important to understand this. These, these three principles which is uh, part of the Dharma, is something that has always been has always been throughout eternity. Which means this is the Dharma that has existed before before the Buddha time during the Buddha time and until now and continue on until eternity which means it's always going to be true doesn't matter whether there is Buddha or not this law the law of impermanence the law of suffering and the law of uh, non-self. These three laws are the universal law that are always going to be there. What the Buddha did was he discovered that law and he bring to our attention what those laws are all about. So it's these are the law that Buddha did not create. It's just it's it's just is this law is has been always you know from in indefinitely in in this ever existence you know existing uh, universe. It's just like uh, for example, um, like Newton discover gravity right 
gravity has been around as far as we know as long as you know since um, the birth of our earth of our planet earth but Newton discovered discovered it so gravity has been you know around Newton did not create um, gravity he just discovered so it's the same thing okay the law of impermanence the law of suffering and the law of no self these are the universal law that the Buddha discovered so it doesn't mean that the Buddha created these laws because some some people misunderstood this part they said when it comes to uh, Buddha's teaching or the Dharma, they, when they call this, they said when it comes to the Dharma, the Buddha create the Dharma. The Dharma is always there. The Buddha just teach it. He discovered it and he taught to people what he found out from the, the truth of nature and the truth of the universe. Because that's how it is, and this law has always been there. Okay, so I think for that, I think we all can understand that there's there's Dharma and there's Buddha's teaching. Okay, so Buddha's teaching, you. Is sort of like a a subset a, a subset of the whole big picture Dharma. In one of the sutra, the Buddha, you know, it, during the later life of of the Buddha, the Buddha during one of the talk, the Buddha point um, hold hold his hand out and show the monk. You know, when he was uh, standing under a tree, could be a Bodhi tree, he grabbed a, a, a handful of leaves from the ground and showed to the monk. And he said, Monks, you see the, you see the leaves in my hands? And the monk said, Yes, uh, your honor one, we see the leaves in, in your hand. And the Buddha said, These leaves uh, just like the Dharma that I have taught you. So these leaves are the lesson that I taught you. And the Buddha, the Buddha's lesson has 80, there are 84,000 lessons in the canon. Okay, but he compares all of his teaching to the leaves in his hand. And he shows to the monk said, you see the leaves behind us, behind behind me? You see all the leaves on the trees behind me? There are thousands of leaves up there. The Dharma that I've taught you is compared, is just the same, like the small, a small amount of Dharma, just like the leaves I have in my hand. But the rest of the Dharma is dhammas are countless. It's like the num like the leaves on a tree. But 
monks, you don't need to worry, you don't need to know the rest of the Dharma. All you have to know is what I have taught you. Okay, the 84,000 lessons. That is more than enough, more than sufficient. But so, that is just something I want to bring to your attention, that the Dharma is vast. It's limitless. What the Buddha taught us, he only taught us what we need to know. There are other Dharmas that the Buddha never taught, but he realized them, Okay, but he never taught. And also, just like I like to, to explain and, and, and stress on it, the Dharma is not something that the Buddha um, created. The, but the Dharma has always been there, but, but he discovered it and he um, teaches us so that we understand what's going on. For, for example, like, okay, now the first law, the first principle is impermanence. So this impermanence applies to every single element in the universe, not just on this planet Earth. Uh, it, implies, it applies to uh, the sun, the star, the, the, uh, the space, the moon, the Earth, and everything within and without. Okay. So in other words, everything is changing, and it's changing all the time at a very, very fast uh, speed that we are not able to comprehend. See, our senses, our physical senses has limitation. We have, we have no way of knowing how fast the, 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 the molecule and the atom, you know, move. We don't know. We, 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 there's no way that we can you know, we can detect them. But the way the Buddha explained is that everything is changing and vibrating. See, back then the Buddha, through, med through his deep meditation, he went down all the way to the subatomic level. He was able to, 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 to to go through to that state, which is a very, very finite state that no human, no ordinary human being can do. See, that's why he's a, a perfectly enlightened being. He was able to penetrate into the finest element of the universe. So when he see that, that's why he said everything is impermanent because things are always changing, you know, down to the molecule side, the atomic side or subatomic. All he sees is just vibration and it's changing from, you know, uh, from one moment to, to one moment at uh, probably a speed of light or what not. We don't, uh, we don't know. If, could be, is it, is it possible that it's chained at a speed that is faster than the speed of light? 
we don't know you know what were the speed of the uh, ato subatomic um, level is that's how things change so for us like here things change all the time but we don't know take for example our body right our body go through this law of impermanence also but we just don't know they change we we say change so slow we don't know but it's actually the the speed of the atomic is, is so fast that we don't know that's the thing so and this change just like i said applies to every single material on on earth so the 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 table the chair the you know the mountain the rock and the water the air everything is changing right that's why this law of impermanence connect with the third principle which is called no self or, or anatta it interconnected it's because everything is a combination of everything else there is no such a thing as an an independent entity that exists by itself without depending on any other material any other element there's no such a thing you know when it, you when we and science agreed to this but everything is a combination of other stuff and that's what the buddha found out that's the part that the buddha said so our body is going through this law of impermanence and we label it as our body right but in actuality we it's just a label but the the body itself is a combination of of everything else just like i've covered in the previous episode that's when the doctrine of non-self come in that's when the buddha said so another word everything depends on everything else there is no such a thing a, a, a single independent entity that we can hold on to and say that is i there is no such a thing as an independent always existing you know eternal to eternity that it never change there's no such a thing there's nothing concrete that you can hold on to because things change all the time from moment to moment that is a doctrine of um, no of no self okay anatta and this doctrine also applies to the formless so regarding the material world we can pretty much agree and science agree also that there is no independent entity that actually exists it's just combination and that's material side but there's also on on the formless side or on the or the side that we cannot see that's also um changing that's also impermanent for example stuff that we can not see like uh, okay let's say the air we cannot see the air but we know that the air is changing is moving all the time right so that's one easy uh, 
example. Now, what else is changing that we cannot see? Our mind. See, our mind is one big complex thing that we, there's no form, there's no, but it's changing all the time. Why is our mind changing all the time? Because the mind, even though there's nothing that you can grab hold on to or anything, it's just sort of like an empty energy, you know, it's like a, a, this great evolution. But the mind is based on the impermanence of the material world. That's why the mind is, all, is also changing all the time. So when so between these two, the material world, the solid world, is changing all the time. So we cannot really pinpoint or grab hold on to that an independent entity that we call, or like our body calls, yes, I, my name is, I, I exist, I, let's say my, I am so T, so T exists. No, it doesn't, right? So T does not exist. It's just a label that we slap on this body. It's for a conventional purpose to communicate, for communicate, you know, while we're here on this earth. Otherwise, we don't know how to, you know, uh, communicate. So we have to label stuff. But in actuality, there's no nothing concrete that exists by itself. So when it comes to the solid world, okay, there's nothing that you, we, you can say independent. So there's no such a thing as an I. Now, on the mind, and the, it's also always changing. Okay, so when the mind is also always changing, the mind, because the mind depends on the material world, depending on the brain and all that stuff, that is changing from moment to moment, there's nothing concrete that we can hold on to. That is a doctrine of non-self. That's what anatta means, non-self. This is a very fundamental, very important idea that for us who study Buddhism, we have to really understand about this factors, these this two important, these principles, how, how important it is in order for us to understand further into the teaching. Okay, these two, the law of impermanence and the law of no self, combine, make us understand that, okay, then we have this question come up automatically. So, if the body is not mine, and the idea is just a changing evolution, evolutionary stuff that is based on the brain, based on this memory, so the question come up automatically. Who am I then? See? So that's the question, that's the thing that we have to explore further as we go along, you know, go down and go deeper into the Buddha's teaching. Right? So, and the other law of, uh, you know, 
Dharma that we talk about, the principle is Dukkha, which we already know. Dukkha is one of the principles and is also the first noble truth in the four you know, noble truths of Buddha's teaching. So, in, in, a, in the previous episode, I have covered Dukkha partially, the Dukkha that has to do with the physical form, with the body, okay? But at this time here, I just want to bring up to our attention, to the, to, to the listener, you know, for people who want, who are interested in learning about Buddha's teaching, these three principles are very important to understand right off the bat. Anicca, which is impermanence, dukkha, suffering, and anatta is non-self. These are the three top important principles. And from there, we break it down into the body and the mind and the suffering, which is, you know, the dukkha, part of the four noble truths and so on and so forth. So right now, today, it's just a short uh, little thing here that I want to cover, okay? And next time, we're going to go uh, into the first noble truth again. And that part, we're going to touch on the noble truth about the mind. Because we know the who we call we are is a combination of body and mind, right? So in in the previous episode, I've called we, I, I have covered the suffering that is coming from the mind. Once we get to understand that part, make sure we understand it clearly that when thing happens to the body, it doesn't create suffering on the mind. Next time, we're going to cover the suffering, the first noble truth of the mind. Okay, how, how is it that the mind creates suffering and the root? And after that, then we're going to go to the second noble truth. Now, that's from, from that point on. But so, yes, next time, we're going to cover the first noble truth regarding the mind. Okay. And as always, um, if you guys are interested in Buddha's teaching, okay, and you can always leave me a comment or you know message me. And also, um, I have a small channel on YouTube also that called simply no uh, on YouTube called um, Buddhism for All. That's my channel on YouTube and also on Facebook, Buddhism for All. Okay, so uh, just you can just leave me a message or question. Okay, you have a good day.